0: You're listening to the Beyond Sundays Podcast, where we share stories of God's faithfulness with people just like you. Today, we pick up where we left off last week with Zach Vasser, Randy Reese, and Rodney Hogue. If you missed last week's episode, definitely go back and listen when you get the chance. Today, we dive straight into the role of spiritual fathers and mothers, but you better buckle up, guys, because this conversation goes somewhere that cut me to my absolute core when it comes to asking some really important questions, like, Who do we really desire to be? What are we actually devoting our lives to? And how will the world remember us? Y'all, this is such an important conversation about maturity and legacy. You may want to take notes. I know I did. Plus, I've got some really fun and exciting news to share with you at the end of the podcast that I'm pretty pumped about. So let's get to it.
1: Being a father is just simply who I am. It's what I do it's what i carry i don't really relate to people differently people some people pursue a relationship with me in other words they pull on that which i what i carry and uh, and for a lot of people the lord says gives me the freedom says yes then i spend the time with them imparting the things that i am and what i carry it's who i am i you know i God trained me a lot at being a father by giving me three sons. And so I learned a lot about being a father. I also learned about being a father because it dawned on me one day that you know these men in my life were spiritual fathers and, and mothers. There were some mothers there too that I didn't really acknowledge as spiritual moms and dads. But I, I remember when I would come to them and say, you know, you're not just like my own physical father and mother. You're not just my my physical mom and dad. You're my spiritual mom and dad. And there was a shift that happened when that happened. It's like I'm walking the, the inheritance that my dad carried. My, I remember before my dad passed and he died of lymphoma. I remember the days that that the Lord, well, it, 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 his days were coming close, and we'd already been to the doctor the last time. He says, "I'm I, I'm I've almost killed you three times, so I'm just going to make you comfortable." <laughs> And he would pass within, within a month. And I remember, uh, you know, as we got home, I, I said, Dad, what are you thinking about this? He says, well, first of all, he says, I don't care about dying. You know, that's, that's always the good thing, you know, going to heaven. Who can complain about that, right? He says, what always bothered me is that I have some promises that God gave me that have not been fulfilled. Mm. He said, that's what bothers me. I don't care about dying. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the plus part. But that's what irritates me. And I remember like the next day that he called my wife and I in, and he laid his hands on us. And he said, you know, those promises that God gave me, those were the word of the Lord, and those words were still good. And uh, neither and I will fulfill those or you will fulfill those, but they will be fulfilled
2: absolutely
1: and i remember hours before my dad passed i was just i was in california the church i was pastoring he was here in texas hours before he passed as i was walking just into the hallway i felt the weight of his calling fall on me and i started to weep and weep and weep they couldn't figure out what was going on and hours later he passed Mm -hmm. and i and I tell you, the favor that I walk in today, and lot that I'm experiencing today, I know is an inheritance from Him. Yeah. I just receive what He carried, you know, added to what God put on me and I, what God put on Him, and I get to carry. And then my sons and my spiritual sons get to carry what I carry.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: the weight of of all of that and it's and the impact is massive I mean like I I didn't say I was humble but you're the one who said that Zach I know it's true but you know it it's like I'm loving living in a life of obscurity that nobody knows who I am I mean it's like I'm I, you know, like you're talking about this conference with Bill. So I did this conference with Bill and Randy at Andrew Womack's church, you know, in... Uh, Randy uh, Clark. Randy Clark. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I remember uh, we did it at the end of March, and I'm I'm walking through, like, nobody knows me. Nobody knows me. And, like, nobody's... You know, I, no, I'm i not having a line. I'm like this. And, uh, you know, and I'm just like, I love that. And they go... You are know, feeling pretty good, and they go, "Yeah," says, "It's because no, I haven't spoken yet."
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome.
2: That's a really interesting question you ask, Zach. And that is, I'm just thinking about over the last year and a half uh, since that meeting in the chapel that we're that we're talking about, and and I will confess that I. I want to. I think I am part of the time, some of the time doing a the spiritual fathering part of my my world, doing it naturally, just being who I am. But I'm still having to work on that one because what happened on that on that day and multiple times since then is if we're going to move from accidental to intentional that means that my awareness of what's going on now my awareness of that relationship is so many that i have been fathering if you will over the years and some others that may become a part of that when i'm i'm aware of so much more now i'm aware of of them, I'm watching them, I'm listening, I'm looking, and I'm aware that even when I'm not doing anything, even when I'm talking to somebody else, you know, uh, the eyes of many are. So it's become.
1: You're feeling the weight of that responsibility. Absolutely.
2: That's exactly Just as you said, that's what's happening to me. And so learning how to walk in that awareness and to see the, Seriousness of it, yet not change the way I am in terms of. Then, it, then it becomes not. it's yeah. not. It doesn't work.
0: So Controlling it's, it's, and all that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Right. yeah. Well,
3: yeah. and that weight is a natural, God given weight. Like I can remember having both our daughters. I was not saved and did not know Jesus, but the second that first one entered the world, I felt that weight. The weight there of is that a responsibility. New responsibility in my life in every kind of way. yeah. And so this is just all by design. It's not like, oh, I had this revelation, and I know Jesus now, and I'm going to walk out into the kingdom and carry the inheritance everywhere I go, and now all of a sudden there's a responsibility of being a dad. Actually, there's a m- millions, billions of dads mm-hmm. walking around with that same responsibility who have no idea who Jesus is or may be in a whole different faith yeah, or believe nothing, maybe atheist. I don't know.
1: And that's one of the reasons a lot of men and women... Don't want that. Don't want to become spiritual moms and dads because they don't want the responsibility. Right, and it is a responsibility, but you have to be willing to accept and receive that responsibility. And, and so Randy has shifted. He's changed the way that he sees himself because he's the way that he because of the way that he sees others. It's like, oh no, uh, you know, these are people. I'm I'm no longer. In other words, when you become a father, you're, you're committed now to relationship. Right. Where before, like, exactly. I, didn't, I didn't have to have a relationship right. with you. Right. I can actually just kind of maybe mentor you, maybe kind of, you know, we can maybe have a little discipleship meeting, and I can just give you information, I give you some how-tos, and you, you'd be just fine. But all of a sudden, you realize, I, when I function as a father, then it's there's more... I'm actually committed to relationship, and for a lot of men and women, that's kind of they don't do relationship very well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the freedom <laughs> in it is like
3: it's not. We're not talking about counseling. No. Oh no. You know, all all really I've experienced or attending
1: a class or a class, yeah. <laughs> for sure. While all that. those
3: things are great. That's not what we're talking about. Like I, I think what we're talking about is me as a son seeking after a dad. I'm going to allow this man to fully know me that's the uncomfortable part on 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 the father's side of the fence he it's going to take some time to do that yeah you know and but but he but but a dad's not ever gonna maybe answer all my questions you know jesus didn't answer hardly any questions he told stories and asked questions back and just presented himself as the ultimate son and that's all the father really is doing i mean i don't i don't haven't had some kind of – I mean, what typically happens if I visit with either of these guys is later – it'll be like two nights later, and then something will just hit me in my spirit. Like, ugh. Oh, yeah. Like I can tell you one time, probably six months ago, it just – I was actually uh, sitting on my back porch, and I was all by myself. The girls, One of the girls was on trampoline, and I had met – I think I'd met with Rodney probably a couple of weeks back or a few days back, and I just – something just, oh hit me. Like, what is that? And Lord goes, the last thing you want to do, Zach, is die and – say, man, I was a really good brother to a whole lot of people. Hmm. (laughs) That's the last, that's the That's not on your goal sheet anymore. So I'm a former coach. I've been in a lot of huddles. I've been on a lot of teams. I've been a really good brother before Jesus and even with Jesus. We get guys in fire teams at boot camp. There's a band of brothers. There's, you know, I I, I can say a lot of guys probably would say, man, he's a good brother. Well, that's great, but that's not the goal. (laughs) It's good. I want to be, there's no legacy in being a brother.
2: Right, right.
3: There's just that's it that dies, but the weight of that was like oh, but I appreciate it because it took the conversation, the time to get to know, and then the Lord comes and does these things. You know,
1: uh, you you have that you have Absalom. He was the he was this was it. He was the son (laughs) of David, and he rebelled, and it it says that Absalom did not have any children. He didn't have any sons or daughters. He didn't have any legacy. So he built himself a monument. Uh He wanted to be remembered. He wanted to have a remembrance. And so, and that's where a lot of people are. You know, how is the world going to remember you? And for a lot of people, they're building monuments, they're building things to say, listen, this is what I did in my life, and this is a monument. But you can... It's like, but nobody remembers Absalom. But then David had a legacy. This is good. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> David David had a legacy. The Messiah came from his legacy, Solomon. Right. It, you know, I mean, it's like David had a leg. Do you want to be remembered by a legacy, or do you want to be remembered by a monument that's going to
3: eventually die? It's eventually going to be defaced. Mm-hmm. It was, this was the conversation. And you're just like, oh. And, and mind you, you know, <laughs> not only did I coach for 10 years and devote a lot of my life to that and find a false identity in it, I also was in sales and networking for seven years. And in that world, it's extremely rank-based. It's very performance-driven. I, I mean, I met someone that led me to Jesus. So I could give you a whole category of how it was the greatest thing. Yeah. the season of mine and my wife Rachel's life but also, we got put on stages, we got put in front of a lot of people, and my flesh liked that. That felt cool, it was neat, I was getting to speak into adults, not just kids, so I was getting taken through a process, but but now, like, after getting the fullness of Jesus and starting to walk out this kingdom man and who I really desire to be, that obscurity is is something I heard a mentor say years ago, and that's why that's that sits in me, but then also I I just have found a distaste, almost, for that statue way of life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like in, in guys who I've watched devote their lives to that place mm-hmm. of an absalon, like, man, guys, there's it's just better than that. You're only getting, like, mm-hmm. y- you think this is the fullness, but it is an extremely limited life. There's, there's nothing that you're leaving behind to give, and so... Man, you know, it's, it's funny when you look back on your life, everyone listening can do this. If you'll just think back in, in like, seasons, you'll, you'll see these patterns yeah. that you've gotten into, and you'll see, you know, and, you know, another thing, too, and I think we should probably go here is a lot of times I don't know that, and you and I have talked about this, um, there are some people who may be getting spiritually fathered from a distance, yeah. Randy sure. Reese mentioned people in, you know, proximity. He's talking to somebody and, you know, how do you function and, you know, we can get into probably get into orphan thinking is, is where we can go in some of this, but because just because someone's not giving you that devoted time doesn't mean they're not spiritually fathering you. Right. If your heart's seeking right. this person from that sort of way, you yeah. let me tell you this, you could be getting spiritually fathered right now listening to this podcast. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's we're not ta- there's no limitations. Right. Yeah. Now, I would say You know, the closer you can get to having a relationship with somebody to be fully known, there's a big process in that. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. can you speak into some of that? I mean, just how that, how you've seen some of that play out?
1: I, I, I sat down one time and began to write down, okay, how many people do I know of right now who actually, when they have a conversation with me, actually call me a spiritual father? that I am a spiritual father to them. And they actually see me as a father. They function as a father. Well, you know, Jack Taylor had a couple hundred, you know. you know, But, I mean, they're, they're about 50 in my in my life right now. And, uh, I mean, like this afternoon, I'm going to have a conversation with a person who has a ministry in Queens, New York, and her and her husband, you know, I'm fathering them. I mean, it's just, that's, I mean, I, I, I spent Monday with a man in, uh Switzerland you know who's who is the head of hr of one of the major drug companies in the world okay you know I'm his spiritual father i mean the my the, my sons and daughters do everything they're presidents of companies pastors of churches they're just or they're just people inside they're just people i have relationship with but i also know that i will go to some place you know and and 'll if I like, I go to Global Awakening. Okay, I'll, you know, I'm going to go next week, and I'm going to go do some teaching in their ministry school that they have for the summer intensive. And but it's like this: some of those people there, they don't. I don't know that they see me as a father. But then they'll come up and they'll hug me like you know, as a, as a, as a spiritual child. I mean, so I know there there are people out there that see me as a father, mm-hmm. relate to me as a father, receive the things I give as a father that I really don't have. Personal connection, relationship with, and I think that's for me. That's what, one of the ways that I grew is I began to, you know, I began to see some of these people as a father. When I saw them as a father, and began to relate to them as a son, and and you know, and one of the ways I did this is by serving these people any way that I can. I, as I serve them, I'm going to be you know, if I'm your son, I'm just going to serve you as my father in any way that I can, and that's and that's what I. And that's what I did. I began to receive. I think the things that they that they carried. Mm-hmm. You know, I received Jack Taylor as a spiritual father. Okay, our families were close, but I didn't have a daily connection with him. Right. You know, I didn't. I mean, right. I, had, I had a cell phone. You probably read
3: his books. You probably dove into all his content.
1: I, yeah. Before I really got to know him well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was his his family and my family. They were close. They were always a part of each other's. My dad's in his first book he wrote, you know, The Key to Triumphant Living, you know, that he wrote in the 60s. I mean, that's how close the families mm-hmm. are. But I didn't see him as a father then, but I, I began to receive him as a father, you know. I never went to one of those sons' meetings that he that he would have, but, <laughs> you know, he, he knew I saw him as a father, but... Mm-hmm. Still, I think from a distance, yeah. In other words, look at the people, I'm going to receive you as a father. I think the thing is, you have to, the difference is, is that you can receive them as a teacher. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: In other words, because sometimes people follow teachings, they follow doctrines, they follow, you know, teachers. But it's like, what role does that person
3: have in your life? Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, I'm... I'd say John Eldridge
2: oh sure yeah John absolutely uh, was that to me more at a distance even being when I would go to a boot camp up in Colorado you know I'm one of 450 guys there so there wasn't much time for he and I to have much one on one but from a distance in a big room you know uh, talking on the phone being a part of a podcast whatever it was that way. In fact, I just talked to uh, one, of, one of our sons-in-laws who uh, works with John now and has for several years. Where He and I are going to arrange a time for me to get a chance, literally, to go up there and sit in front of John and just tell him what role he has played mm-hmm. in my life not only certainly as a mentor, but as a spiritual father, and he probably has no idea that that, that was really going on because he's got a, a bunch of men that will say that to him, but I'm going to get a chance to do that. And I think that's it's really important that that, mm-hmm. that, that happens, and I, and I believe it will. That's awesome. Well, Sarah, so... <laughs> If
0: you could see my face right now
2: <laughs> I'm just sitting
0: here going, I'm gonna have to soak for yeah. a while yeah to let this really sink deep. Yeah because I'm there have been a hundred thoughts I've had, one of which has to do with my role as like a daughter receiving the role of, well, I have spiritual mothers in my life. But kind of doing what you did, Zach, of going, I receive you as a spiritual mother in my life. Not asking for us to meet every week or anything like that. I'm just saying there are things I see in you. I mean, and everything in the kingdom flows through relationships. So there are things I see in you that I want in my life because I want them not just for me, but for others. Yeah. For my daughters. And
3: they want that for you.
0: Yeah. The two things I kept the two words I kept hearing when it comes to Sons and fathers and daughters and mothers would be um, access on the part of the father or mother, like giving access, right? Yep. And, and then on the role of the son or the daughter, vulnerability yeah. of going, yeah. This right. is who I am right. right now, but I want to become all that God is destined for me to become in, in fullness of who He desires me to be on this side of heaven, right? Absolutely. I'm going to have to sit for a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, one of the things that you have to look for when you're looking for spiritual moms and dads is that you, you have to really look for people who, can, who love you in, in, where you are and don't really try to put a performance thing on you. The, uh, you know, it's like as a parent, you know, I love my children when they're two and I love them when they're 10. I love them in every stage that they're in. I love every stage. I love them in every stage. I'm not wanting to be in a different stage. I'm loving them in every stage that they have. That's, that's a true parent, right? A true spiritual parent is one who loves everybody in every stage that they are. He loves them in their immaturity, loves them when they're mature, loves them. that's They love them. An older brother and sister basically has very little toleration for somebody who's not as mature as they are. You know, they are in competition with them as well. It's like you'll have somebody who has a position, you know, like in a church as a pastor or something like this, but somebody anointed comes up and, it's just, and as they rise up, they have to push them back down. Because they cannot handle somebody who is as gifted or more gifted or more anointed. A true father and mother says, that is amazing. And they'll become their cheerleader and says, you go past me. You run past me. You do more than I ever did. Mm -hmm. And they find their joy in those people not only coming up to be equal with them, but actually getting the spotlight, even doing more. They celebrate that and they find their joy in their sons and daughters actually rising up and coming into their destiny and and they actually just able to take the back seat and just say, That's my kid. That's my that's, right. that's, oh, that's look, look yep. at that person yeah. right there. Because yeah. they're not competing against them. Yeah. And they're not works oriented. They're not like, you know, trying to uh, do things to find favor. They're not trying to or it's not about you know obedience. It's it's
3: all about Relationship. You looked like you were going to say something. No, I just, I, it's, I'm like Sarah. I, I get the benefit to sit in these conversations <laughs> sometimes, and it's just crazy.
2: It's good. Oh,
3: it is good. I was
2: just thinking. Also, you, you mentioned that word, uh, and, and, and I think you did too, Rodney. This orphan word, <laughs> and this is about another three podcast <laughs> topic. If we just start talking about the orphan thing, orphan spirit, yeah. the the huge part of that journey beginning in maturing as a son to become a spiritual father means you get to allow holy spirit to reveal to you all the ways you have been living with an orphan thinking as opposed to a son yeah. or daughter thinking and it's like and we we've, we've we've talked about orphan spirit at boot camp and other teaching for ten stinking years, and it's just like now I'm ha- I kind of had to start all dang over, and you know cause I'm uh, the Lord's beginning to show me even more things, and I'm thinking, stop! <laughs> uh, you know, that's, I know, I know, I know, you know, yeah. but it, it is the, the that awareness word that we're talking you know, the week. That is it, and so it's but but what's cool is now I can talk about that and receive that and even begin to teach that now because it's a part of a relationship scenario. And we're talking about a a journey of maturing as a son or a daughter. And in the maturing process, you're receiving the teaching from direct from the father or from a Rodney Hogue or or someone else. And I know this for my good. I know that it's something I need to hear. And because I'm really know that I'm not an orphan at all, yeah. I can hear it differently and it I, and so it goes into a good place in my heart instead of just making me feel guilty for the thousandth time. That's good. That yeah. I wasn't mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Wasn't you've, doing you've, it
1: well. You've embraced the spirit of adoption.
2: Absolutely. That's yeah, exactly well, what that's it. it is.
3: You know, one thing um this happened to me a handful of years ago in that, with that particular word, and it was through boot camps. And you know, usually you, when you get a topic given to you to teach, then God starts working on you in it. You oh, know? Yeah. So I've had the joy of getting to talk about posing, and that was great. And <laughs> you know, I've had the joy of identity and, and, you know, and freedom. And, but, but in all that, that concept of adoption, well, anyway, the truth of adoption, that I am fully in this family – and actually and i think you you may have been the one that told us this at some point like you can't it, you can't unadopt someone you know even in our in our in our state yeah. right like yeah.
1: legally if you adopt you're committed
3: yeah it's easier for me to give my daughter it's it's legally easier for me and rachel to to write our daughter out of our family yeah then it would be had I adopted a child to then legally, unado- legally yeah. unadopt them. That's exactly like, right. The, the, so let this adoption thing sink in really deep as you're listening. This, is, this yeah. is the thing. I mean, Jesus came here to destroy the works of the devil. He came here to give us freedom. He came here to forgive us. He came here to, you know, all the different things we could talk about. But the, the adoption into the family, man, that's the thing. That is the place. because the truth is there's not really anything. when you when you are operating from that place, it's not a bad thing to be a good performer, to perform well or to produce results or to be competitive or to win or to you know what I mean? But just what happens is your strength doesn't come from that any longer. Your right. motivation doesn't come from that any longer. I'm not losing sleep over it any longer. You're talking you're listening to a recovering performance aholic. I mean, I, there ain't nothing like coaching Texas high school football and every Friday night, you know, 5,000 right. people screaming at you. And I mean, I could go on and on like you, you're just wound and bound up in that place. But when you, when it's no longer about that and it's about, you know, raising up people through adversities and it's about the failures, that being an okay thing, actually it can be a great thing. I could just go on and on. You, you just begin to see the bigger picture. There's actually a video that went out yesterday. I saw uh, the Oklahoma uh, softball girls. You know, oh, yeah. I, they're, they're like some uncharted success. You know, I don't even, I don't even think about softball. Praise God, my kids don't ever play softball. No, no offense if your kids are into softball, but man, that's a lot. Um, <clears throat> their perspective on that, you can tell this team has a kingdom perspective, and it's because their coach is functioning as a mother, and there's a relationship there that is, that's bigger than their success. That's sure. Good. But what's awesome is they're extremely successful. And isn't that funny how yeah. that still plays out? You know,
1: Jesus came to reveal the Father to a world full of orphans. Yeah, (laughs) and I remember, you know, it's like the day it dawned on me when that I was when I was senior pastor at a church in California. Like I'm pastoring a church full of orphans, and I mean, I think how do I get them out of that orphan thinking and get them into functioning? As Randy said with a spirit of adoption. That that's that's a huge challenge. But that's really that's but that's really what we're talking about here. If I will learn how to function as a father and or learn how to function as a son in the natural realm, then I'm able to move and and fully embrace that in the spirit realm with our Heavenly Father.
0: So you're saying do the the, the natural first
1: I, we receive him as a heavenly father, but our, our thinking's thinking is not there. okay. You know, transformation takes place by the renewing of our mind. Right. And we have to have God encounters re- receiving him as our father. I can intellectually know this. I can intellectually know that God is my father, I, that I have a spirit of adoption. I can, I can make those declarations, and I can doctrinally, you know, theologically, I can basically come into an agreement with that but it's not a part of my identity of who I really am. I can declare it's a part of my identity but my de- my declared identity may not be my true identity. Mm-hmm. I may have I may actually be functioning in a counterfeit identity or a false identity of, of who I'm really not but yet and I have the I have the right words and I can say the right words.
3: it's like At, fake it till you make it. Yes you right.
1: You know, but in, in which are all which are good to, to, to declare over ourselves, but there has to come a time where in my soul I know it well. Mm-hmm. I'm a son, I'm a daughter. I am fully adopted into the family of God. Mm-hmm. That story with the father and the two sons, the son, one son was blinded by rebellion. Okay. But the older brother was blinded by religion. Mm-hmm. Religion is that process of trying to earn what you already possess. He, he, in his mindset, he thought, okay, it, I, I'm trying to earn my father's favor. We know this by that language at the end where he's, he's, he's upset that the father did through a party. It's like you're rewarding bad behavior. Well, no, it's he's not. He's just embracing him as a son. It's not based upon behavior. When, or when are you going to figure this one out? Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a son by relationship, not by your activity. It's good. He said, "I have worked all all my life. I've worked hard for you. I've never disobeyed anything you've asked me to do, and yet you did not give me even a goat to share with my friends. What was he waiting for? He was waiting to be rewarded for." His work. He was waiting for a goat. He was waiting for the father to recognize him and to reward him as an obedient son. And the words of the father is, is right after that or so significant. The father says, son, you and I are close. And then he said, everything I have is yours. In other words, he said, don't you realize that fatted calf we're killing, that was your calf. Mm-hmm. We could have ate that calf last week if you'd asked for it, but you never asked because you lived like a servant. You thought like a servant. You never asked for that calf. That was your calf. You don't, you're not thinking that as a son, I can actually ask extravagantly because I have a father that wants to give extravagantly, but yet I'm waiting to be rewarded. So we live our whole life in performance. That's what the older—he lived in the house. He lived on the farm. But yet he lived like a servant, not like a son on the farm. So you can actually live in the father's house. You can actually go to church, be a part of the family of God, and still have a performance mindset, being that older brother, and miss out on your inheritance because you're waiting to be rewarded rather than learning to ask Hmm. for, for what is available to you. I mean, heaven is available to us if we just know how to ask in an extravagant way,
3: mm-hmm. exactly right. I want, to, I want to add this in Luke 15, right where Rodney's talking about. It's in verse 30. After he's upset, you know, he says, "Look, these many years I've served you. I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat." In verse 30, then this, the the oldest son says, "But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fat and calf." The dad's response when to the son that said, When this son of yours came, the dad's response, it says in verse thirty-one, and he said to him, Son, you are always with me. In other words, what this older son was trying to do was remove himself from this family. Your son. Your son did this. His response was, My son. He he just simply drew him back in. Right. It wasn't even about all the the, the teachings, all it's just that. That tension of when we get angry and we feel like we've we should be deserve this and earn this and all, and we get in this way of thinking that with entitlement. God, entitlement of well he did this and how come this isn't happening has it? The father heart is always just really still talking to our sonship. Cause we can easily get in this way of thinking. Like
2: oh, absolutely. Uh, of
3: just the comparison, let's talk sure. about social media and why is this person getting to this, blah blah blah. blah. Right and and God's heart is always my son, my daughter. However hard you want to push yourself away, His nature is to draw you back in. You are a part of this family. You are adopted. In other words, you cannot be unadopted here. You're here. You're in. Right, like it or not, you're a part.
2: Right, Sarah, you used a great (laughs) word. I love the word access. Yeah, it's a big deal, and there's a whole lot to that. Uh, My good friend. Shelly Presley who I get to be who cut stretch.
3: our hearts out last night oh, if you're I not imagine, going to the kingdom parenting Club, I don't know how soon deal. this yeah. hits but get to the kingdom parenting sorry yeah. go
2: ahead no 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 I I I get I get to be along with your daddy yeah. you know, daddy yeah. gets to be uh daddy-in-law gets to be spiritual dad to this this gal but we also we have a lot of fun giving each other grief <laughs> Shelly told me Years a few years ago, she said, You know, Reese, that what we're talking about here is we have access to everything that the Father has already given us. We just don't know that we have. It's good. Because in the spiritual realm, it's I mean in 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 the real life, in the real relationship, which is a spiritual relationship much more than just what we're doing here on on the earth is that all all that we need all that we have is already there we just don't know that we have it we haven't realized that i have access to this inheritance and if i if i if i want it i can go i can go get it and and the father knows exactly when and how to give it to us but it's not like we're earning it or we're trying to get somewhere or to get something that we don't have yet. And we already have it. We're just learning how to access it. And when we learn that, then it's, oh, my goodness, the fun really begins. It's, it's all related, isn't it? It's absolutely. Mm-hmm.
3: It's I, absolutely I think about that. the word authority as you are saying all that, too.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for all of the wisdom and then just the kingdom wisdom that y'all shared today. its I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to have to sit and listen to this again and <laughs> just soak in it with the Lord. But thank you for being the spiritual fathers that you all are um, to our body and to so many people in, in your sphere of influences. Thank you guys so, so very much. I know I said this several times already, but don't you just have to sit and soak in some of this? I mean, for me personally, I want this. I want this so deep in me, and I want it for you too. You know, at the end of our lives, don't we want to leave a legacy? Uh, Our prayer, and may our prayer be, God, show us, teach us how to carry what's already ours. Help us to receive what you've already given and embrace the spirit of adoption and function as sons and daughters who are maturing believers. Y'all, let's carry the inheritance we've already been given while also receiving from the spiritual mothers and fathers in our lives today. Okay, so I mentioned a fun project that I've been working on with Zach and I'm excited to finally announce. Well, I wish I had a drum roll here, but that's okay. The Beyond Studies podcast is launching a video podcast mini series available only on YouTube. Well, you may be asking Sarah, what's that? Well, it's a podcast that has audio and video, so you guys will be able to see the conversations within these mini-series instead of just listening. How cool is that? I'm going to be honest, though. I have no idea how many of these I can actually pull off or how often we'll be able to launch video podcasts, but I can tell you that I do have another mini-series project in the works with another amazing pastor on staff. This first mini-series is hosted by Zach Vasser as he sits down with some key leaders within men's ministry here at Belway Park to talk more deeply about the things we've covered in the last two podcasts on this platform. I think you're really going to enjoy hearing all of these amazing testimonies from men of all ages and stages of life who have different pasts and unique perspectives about being kingdom men. and. You ladies, now, don't just think that this is only for men because I sat in the room with these men listening and I was encouraged. So it's gonna be so good. So stay tuned for these episodes to drop by subscribing to our YouTube channel at Beltway Park so you don't miss an episode. All four episodes will be released the four weeks, like one week at a time, leading up to boot camp. So guys, if you haven't registered for men's bootcamp, click the link in the show notes to register. Beyond Sundays podcast. We hope you'll have an amazing day. And remember, God is always moving and He's moving in your life too. Beyond Sundays.